0: Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Here's another episode with your host Nick and Bert,
1: Bert, Brett, Bert, Brett, Brett, Bert. Same guy,
0: different names. Multiple quantum personality disorder.
1: Uh, you know what? That's a better that That's a better uh, that's a better explanation for your name is quantum superposition versus personality disorder. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out on the next
2: episode. On no!
0: Uh, why Bert and Brett have two different <laughs> names but the same person.
2: But Rick, what are we talking about today?
0: Well, we're talking about gravity. And you see, what how, is like gravity, gravity, Nick?
1: Well, see, gravity is that thing that keeps us on the ground. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like a uh, the floor. Floor, yeah. It's, it is the force on
0: the world and a podcast right there that's all it is now so from what
1: i've been reading up on gravity is uh, the best way to think of gravity is it's the force that is opposing
0: everything it opposes uh i guess it would oppose thrust, it would oppose uh, all sorts of other things. I'm
1: trying to think of the blanking currently. No, gravity is just the earth keeping stuff close to it. And it's kind of a real wonky idea. I have a hard time trying to know what it is. It's my notes. I had, it's, it's a fundamental force. It, it's an attractive Force between objects that have mass and energy the more massive an object is the stronger its gravitational pull we could think of certain examples like jupiter like the sun mostly uh, is jupiter the one that has the most moons buddy i can't recall that
2: yeah it's
0: the big one it's the big one
1: So Jupiter, because of its massive size, it has a large gravitational pull, and most people can intuitively understand what gravity is in the sense that it's bringing you closer to the largest body around you. So, you know, for us here on Earth, that's the Earth itself, but for Jupiter, it would pull in all of these different moons and when the solar system was constructed all the way back in the day jupiter just started to get more and more moons and the same type of attraction is being is is the same when it comes to the sun mostly because there are eight or nine planets that circulate the entirety of that sun because of gravity
0: and so, uh, do you prescribe to the theory that there are nine planets or eight planets, Bert? Uh, I'm an early adapter of kicking Pluto down to a uh, lesser body. A lesser body. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't categorize that as a planet, would you?
1: Like even I mean, ten years ago. Like... Uh,
2: no, like like in uh, first or second grade or something, uh, we learned about the planets and then it was like in the news and stuff that they were gonna demote Pluto. And it was sort of the teachers and stuff tried to uh, uh, frame it as a debate between like six year olds about like whether Pluto's a planet or not. And like most of the kids were like you know? Oh be nice to Pluto. Be good. Don't don't kill it. Ah. Be nice to Pluto. What did Pluto do to you? I I was uh in the anti Pluto camp. Uh my aunt actually got me a present. Uh, I've got on my shelf here somewhere. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson's book about why Pluto isn't a planet.
0: He really came out with a book that said Pluto is not a planet. Uh, pretty much. All right. Okay. Uh,
2: it's uh, it's called the Pluto Files. I'm not uh, sure if that's uh, on on something on like
0: Money Lovers. Or, uh, maybe the X Files. Anyway, well, well, like, case files, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me was that there was pretty clear precedent uh, for thinking something as a planet and then demoting it to part of an asteroid belt. In the 1800s or whatever, they found Ceres, and they said, oh, well, here's a new planet. Isn't this cool and good? Here here you go, new planet series. Then they found a whole fucking bunch of them and said, well, this isn't a planet. This is just the biggest one of a whole bunch of fucking asteroids. A whole
0: asteroid belt. And they just did the yeah. same thing with Pluto, but there was like an 80-year gap in between. Yeah. Huh. Or a hundred years, I don't know. I forget. I don't think I mean it's so far away from the sun that it it's probably closer
1: to a hundred Because 'Cause doesn't it take like Jupiter and Neptune and all Uranus
2: No, I meant I gap in time between like discovery and demotion.
0: Oh. Yeah, that one I don't know.
1: I would think thirty years
0: then. I was thinking you you were talking about.
2: Uh, Nineteen oh nine. Yeah. So like a hundred years.
0: Well, all right. Uh, good for Pluto. It made it hundred uh, years. Yeah, uh... I,
2: they they were doing it at the uh, the Lowell Observatory, the same place where they were looking for like the canals
0: of Mars and stuff. Hmm. Okay so this was something i had
1: written down It, it doesn't pertain to pluto but it does pertain to the the idea of gravity and the cosmos itself i wrote down uh the gravitational attraction between matter caused the earliest structures to form in the universe after the big bang tiny fluctuations in density were amplified by the gravity Across the galaxies and uh, galactic clusters, I love that when they put that in there, uh, gravity drove the formation of the stars and planets as matter was pulled together by the mutual attraction. So I get I, I, the, the thing I was curious about, that statement right there, is it just, did Pluto have some kind of non-attractive material in it? So that's why it's on the farthest reaches of our galaxy?
2: I zoned out for a minute. I was thinking about Pluto. What was the question?
1: <laughs> so the question, right? Long time ago, gravity happens, blah, 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 big bang. Gravity and big bang with all the particles everywhere start to bring everything together, you know, because everything's attracted, you know. And my question to you is, is the reason why Pluto isn't closer to the sun because of the material in Pluto? Or is it because it has something to do entirely with, hey, you just got
0: shit out of luck because you're in this location and not this location? Um, Because a statement from earlier made me
2: think
1: that. I took an
2: astronomy class in college, actually, but I'm struggling to remember what the idea was broad strokes the idea was is that when you have like the solar system form, you've got like the sun at the center and then like a huge disc of like dust and garbage and gas and stuff floating around it and and it'll accrete and coalesce into stuff into into bigger and bigger stuff and into planets and all that but yeah. uh there's there's some kind of Dance between temperature and gravity that kind of splits this disk into different zones where uh, stuff is going to form with certain characteristics. Like, I suppose gas wants to, you know, it follows gas laws. You know, it's less dense when it's hot and it's denser when it's cooler. So, uh, gas giants and stuff should form in the outer solar system where it's a bit colder and it can uh, get real dense. That I actually didn't know. I think that's how it works. Uh, I mean, let's just have an astronomer. I think think the the, uh, the gas giant stuff should form in the outer solar system and then migrate inwards. And that uh, the there's a a weird band uh where the uh in the in the disc where the gravity of Mars and Jupiter fuck with each other. So that there's a whole bunch of garbage that collects there, but it can't coalesce in anything big or anything much bigger than like Ceres. That's why we get the asteroid belt. How exactly like the Kuiper belt and the Oort cloud and stuff work? How do how do you have Rocky stuff coalesce out there past uh Neptune and stuff. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure anyone knows. Uh but I don't know. <clears throat> I'd be uh like like there's always going to be a few crackpots who go like, oh, planet nine or planet ten or whatever. Like, oh, there's a there's another missing planet out there and uh They've always been on that, you know. Like, ever since they found, like, Neptune and Pluto and stuff, people have been looking for, like, the next planet in the sequence. But I think finding I think out the Kuiper like, belt planets, and stuff kind of fueled some of the crackpot stuff about, like, oh, well, if the asteroid belt is between Jupiter and Mars, and if there's another belt out there, then reasonably there has to be something on the other side. But that's, you know, crackpot stuff, you know. Uh um, it's it's so me- cold and so dark out there. It's really hard to prove or disprove anything. I mean, they didn't find all this uh transplutonian stuff in the Kuiper belt like until 2006, you know? Uh it it's hard it's not impossible, all right? Like you you can make a model that fits in another planet, but like that's not proof that it exists. That's proof that it could exist, you know? It's like Russell's teapot, you know? There could be a teapot floating out there in the asteroid belt, but, like, the burden of proof falls on you to to bring me pictures of this fucking teapot, and how are you going to do that? You know?
1: So oh, it's like electron... What, what, what did... Fuck, what did Einstein say? It was electron theory, like, you could measure... I think
2: that's, uh...
1: Valis Electron Theory? Is Uncertainty that what
2: Principle. Who works. is that? Is that Heisenberg? Uncertainty I, Principle?
0: Mm, let me look it up. because or one?
2: something. I don't know. Uncertainty Principle. I can't spell. That would help.
1: We cannot know both the position and speed of a particle such as a photon or a electron with perfect accuracy. The more no, we gale- no. down the particle's that, position, the less unrelated to product Correct. If you don't, if you don't know one, but you know the other, that this okay, is unrelated. I'm aware. I'm not saying that the principle. I'm. I'm saying. I'm not saying that that principle in particular relates to what you're talking about. I'm saying that the entire context of one, Show me one, even though you know the other, and then you can't do it. Vice versa. You know what I'm saying?
2: It's interesting that you bring that up. It's. Oh, boy. It's pretty unrelated to the gravity of the planets and stuff. Like, the reason that it's so hard to find all these these little asteroids out past Uranus and stuff is because they're very small, they're very (laughs) dark, and they're very cold. It's hard to get any radar return. It's hard to get any infrared or anything or anything in the visible light range. You know, they're pretty negligible gravitationally. It's just hard to see them. They just slip through your fingers like dust. Now oh. that you now that you mention uncertainty, it calls to mind it's weird cousin of chaos.
0: You know, you uh in a
2: perfect world, you ought to be able to follow the grand chain of Events and reasoning all the way back to the Big Bang. You know, you ought to be able to say, Oh, well, here are Newton's laws of motion. And you should be able to say, Oh, well, if this object is here, it was acted on these forces in the past, and you should be able to rewind it like Newton's gigantic uh, clock, handmade by God. You want to just be able to turn the hands back and watch the spring coil back up and all the gears turn in reverse and rewind everything to the very beginning of existence. Sure.
0: But it doesn't quite
2: happen like that. Well, you you get we... into chaos theory. You get into once you have like more than 3 bodies, like you can't predict anything. You get the three-body problem or or you can know the position and direction stuff of these bodies but like you it's too uncertain to predict with any degree of accuracy like i'm kind of butchering it three body problem is kind of weird uh maybe it's not exactly related
1: what is the three body problem i mean I, i get the namesake i don't understand what what's the what is it
2: uh i'm gonna plagiarize from wikipedia because fuck school uh it's a special case of a problem uh, that results in chaos okay. like if, if you had both... if you had two planets in space, you could predict everything about them just using Newton and stuff once you throw three bodies together and start hurling them around.
0: Mathematically, that is. Like, it just gets stupid complicated. Is that what you're saying?
2: It gets unpredictable. It gets chaotic. You okay. you become unable to predict
0: it. Huh. So, one
1: of the things I wanted to touch on was uh, part of gravity is studying Albert Einstein. Like, he helped to at least accelerate the field, or uh, is that even the right word here, Bert? I think it's more of a, he helped uh, uh Well,
2: I mean, you, you, you have to understand, it, like, uh, the perspective of people before Einstein, you know, they were stuck in a very Newtonian universe. Uh, Isaac Newton.
0: Right. But which made, is but more or less the same as, like,
2: Euclid's world. Uh, it's, it's more or less a nice geometric plane with a uh, Nice, comfy set of axioms that have been unquestioned and unchallenged. Uh, and everything should work nice and good. you know it it's sort of Newton was sort of unexplained. Newton's version of gravity was like, okay, well, why is there the force between any two objects? You know why why do why does mass cause objects to attract each other? How does it act over this distance? I don't know. Fucking
1: attraction, my guy.
2: <clears throat> they want to make kissy-kissy to each other so they float over.
1: That's exactly it. That's it. And the podcast right there. They just make kissy-kissy. The, the planet's like the kissy-kissy with all the items on top of them.
2: That... <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, they... You go back to Euclid and stuff and you talk about, like... Uh, Parallel lines, right? Uh, okay. One of one of Euclid's axioms is is like, if you have two lines that are parallel and they extend infinitely, they'll never intersect and touch each other.
0: Like by definition, there you go. It's and it's people were
2: used to that. What? What do you mean it's unsatisfying?
1: It's just unsatisfying. It's like this idea of.
2: It's very it satisfying, with... it's very nice and comfy like how it, is infinite infinity how is that comforting that is it's It's not that the lines are infinite, it's that it's it's the it's taking it as gospel that they won't touch. It was very nice for people for thousands of years to have these comfy axioms, these foundations of science and math. I mean, I don't know. I'm the type of person who looks for like the first principles and things for like the foundation of something, and Euclid is about as foundational as it gets. You know, you you have these five or six rules, and from them everything else follows. It's it's Cartesian almost. It's like it's foundational. It's it's just gospel, and it has been for umpty umpteen thousand years until good old Isaac Newton... Like, Met well, Einstein well, no, and Newt, had Newton. Their baby. Newton works on more or less that those lines. I mean, people have been fucking around with with spheres and stuff forever. But like the idea that
0: I mean, you you can fuck with
2: geometry on a globe. You know, have you ever seen a globe? Seen all the uh, longitude and latitude lines on there? There you go. They're all parallel lines. And yet, when That's you go good. to the poles, they intersect at right angles. Uh, just how Euclid says that they shouldn't. But the assumption is that it's on a geometric plane. When you start bending the plane that you're working on into funny shapes, well, funny things happen.
0: With that. Now, I... I think this would be a good segue because
1: part of part of us learning about gravity is this entire idea of inputting it into engineering ideas, and one of those ideas
0: is Ringworld. How do you feel about Ringworld, Bert? <sighs>
2: <laughs> I I feel pretty good about Ringworld. Uh, I mean, Ringworld doesn't rely on like relativity or anything. You don't have to like curve space-time around yourself. You're just curving the building around yourself and spinning it.
1: Uh, that's true. That's true. I just I'm thinking more uh, from a gravity so the gravity standpoint. That's it.
2: Well it's not gravity. It's it's momentum. It's angular momentum. Uh yeah. from from a physics standpoint it's completely unrelated. It's uh, it's not the force of gravity at all. It's only uh, mimicking the effects of it. Yeah. Like but it, no knowing the, about the gravity. They're not masses that are it. attracting each other. Uh yeah. it's not the the warp and weft of space time. Uh, it it's a circle, and you're spinning. You're spinning. It's not really fast. It's an awfully fun idea. Uh I'm awfully fond of it. As a kid, I read Larry Niven's Ringworld, uh, which is an awfully fun book. Uh, Larry Niven is a much better short story writer than novelist. This is true of a lot of the old greats back when they had like, you know, regular magazine publications of short stories. Like, I feel like that that ought to make a comeback. You know, like they killed off all these short story magazines from like the 30s and 50s and stuff but like attention spans have shrunk so much you know who who wants to sit down and read a thousand word trilogy about all this shit like why can't i just pay a subscription service to have like the best of sci-fi fantasy authors like dumped off as a few short stories every month uh anyway
0: might be an interesting. I mean, I don't fucking know. Maybe. Uh, maybe somebody's got something cooking. I don't really know. I,
1: who the hell would write these stories? And then if they're like, like short stories, what's the any, point anyone? of
2: Anyone. I mean, people, I, I suppose maybe short story authors already exist out there where it's like, hey, subscribe to my Patreon or whatever, and I'll. I'll send you a short story every month but like you'd you'd kind of prefer to have it through like a subscription service through a larger company that like hired talent and looked out for people and stuff and like you could submit stories to them like it's kind of like with amazon and stuff like sears roebuck existed for centuries before amazon and like had the same model of like here's your catalog, here's your warehouse and delivery system and stuff, like they went under just before Amazon showed up. Why did you get rid of these sci-fi fantasy magazines? Like, it were just you just missed the subscription service model, you just missed the shrinking of attention spans beyond what novels permit. Like, what the fuck?
0: Uh, yeah. No, this is I, I would think that you would, well, they wouldn't know beforehand, so how would they how would they fucking I guess what I'm trying to say is how Anyways. would they ever try and be in that boom if you didn't know that the boom was going to happen? and I mean, even if they're a short story They should
2: have like, looked in their crystal ball and told the future, okay? I don't know what to tell right. you. You're right. No, Anyways, no Ringworld is a fun book about. Uh, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, like, you took all the matter in the solar system and bent it into a big circle, like somewhere around Earth's orbit, and just spun the thing for gravity, and built like huge mile-high walls on the sides to keep the atmosphere in, and terraformed the inside. And just made like a space station habitat, fucking jillions of times the size of the Earth? The answer is yes, it would be cool. Uh, you would need like exotic material to be able to handle the forces put on it. Uh, you would need. Uh, th- this is like godlike <coughs> Kardashev scale four type construction project type of thing but uh it's it's definitely not the first example of a uh uh space station using centripetal acceleration for artificial gravity like people have been floating around that idea forever i'm pretty sure the nazis came up with like some drawings of space stations like that uh i think people did probably before that in like the 1800s, drawn up space stations made out of bricks and stuff. Uh,
1: So how big is a ring world? I mean, is it like the size of the earth? Or is it like three times the size of that?
2: It's the size of the orbit of the earth. Oh, fuck. That's big. Yeah, I think it's sitting on my shelf over here. Let's grab it. I'll just read the fucking thing off the back of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I myself, Larry Niven, have dreamed up an intermediate step between Dyson spheres. Do we know what Dyson spheres are? Do we have to talk about that? Uh, I think that might be a good segue because I have
1: no idea what a Dyson sphere is, my like, I... guy.
2: <laughs> so you know solar panels?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: solar panels. Those are cool. Yeah. Have you heard about the idea of like putting solar panels in space? Yeah. Like that would be cool and nice you don't have to have the atmosphere refract it and you can have it like d day 100% of the time instead of 50% of the time okay okay now imagine you add more solar panels to space imagine you just cover space with solar panels imagine like you you build a shell of solar panels around the sun you just grab every bit of solar energy shooting
0: out of there. Okay. So the, what That's the hell nice do you do sister. with all that? What's the point of all that energy?
2: Uh, you could power computers that could like simulate jillions of possible universes.
0: I... Uh, what would that be, like a quantum computer?
2: Eh, quantum computers are weird. Who the fuck knows?
1: Uh, uh, okay, getting back to Ring Ringworld.
2: Uh, you could make trillions of uh, lasers for uh, laser sailing starships. Anyways, so now that we've imagined a planet, and now that we've imagined a Dyson sphere, imagine an intermediate step between them. Take your Dyson Sphere and like only grab like the midsection of it. You know, a little tiny thin strip of it instead of the whole shell. Uh, stick it there in the nice cozy Goldilocks orbit where Earth is. And uh, there you go. Uh, Quoth Larry Niven on the back of the book. Uh, build a ring. 93 million miles in radius. One Earth orbit. Which would make it 600 million miles long. If we have the mass of Jupiter to work with, and we make it a million miles wide, we get a thickness of about a thousand meters. The ring world would thus be much sturdier than a Dyson sphere. There are other advantages. We can spin it for gravity. A rotation on its axis of 777 miles per hour, I'm sorry, uh, 770 miles per second would give the ring world one gravity outward. You wouldn't even have to have a roof over it. Put walls a thousand miles high at each rim. Aim it at the sun, and very little air will leak over the edges. The thing is roomy <laughs> enough. Three million times the area of the Earth. It will be some time before anyone complains of the crowding. So there you go. Three million times the surface area of the Earth. Uh, this is the extreme example of a ring world. You know, you, like the halo ring from like. Halo, that's like
0: a um, that's
2: like a fraction of the size of this. That that thing isn't around its parent star. It, it's like orbiting a planet. You know, it, it's like moon sized. Same idea, but it's it scaled way the fuck down.
0: I dig it. God, Halo is also really good. I like that. So it's it's not
1: really gravity. It's artificial gravity, or it's more. It has of a... nothing.
2: Fuck. Uh, okay. Uh, it has absolutely fucking nothing to do with gravity. Like, uh-huh. uh, gravity, as we've defined it, uh, through Mister Newton and stuff. If you have two things with mass a certain distance apart they'll attract each other. That's gravity. Mm. Uh, The Earth is really big and really close to you, so it pulls on you pretty hard. But you pull back on the Earth, but you're much smaller, uh, so it doesn't come up as much. Mm. With this angular momentum, with this centripetal acceleration, what's a good example, Nick?
0: In what regard? we said a lot of
1: things in the last, like, 30 minutes.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, you know when you're in the car and you take a sharp turn and you, like, your body swings to one side?
0: Mm. Like, it, See, it feels like it's thrown outward. Okay.
2: That's what it is. The, force. the car is turning to one side but your body wants to keep going the way it was going and it feels like it's being thrown against the wall but it's of the car but it's just your frame of reference changing So when you're in space and you stand on the inside of a big ring and you spin the ring your body wants to keep going
0: so, Bert, momentum, what were you saying about it?
2: Right. So, the idea is with the ring world or with like a uh, toroidal space station or whatever you call it, uh, the idea is in space, once you start something moving, it wants to keep going in a straight line forever. You know, there's no other forces acting on it. And it'll, uh, per Newton, uh, do that forever. Now, if the floor rises up to meet you on the bottom of this ring, if it's pushing your feet up and pulling you in a circle, well, then the floor is going to accelerate you in a different direction. It's going to spin you around. Your body is always going to want to fling off tangential to the ring, but the floor will push it up. Like you know how a sling works, like uh, yeah, like, in you, the, like you in the Bible spin and stuff like and... like you you whirl it over your head and then you let it go, and the stone flies out. it's like yeah. that like like the rock is is uh being pushed into the back of the sling, and when you let it go, it flies off ninety degrees to the circle it was making.
0: Well, so
2: yeah, there's there's the ring is nice, you know, you you uh just loop it back on itself, uh, you walk from one end to the other, like that's the popular way to do it, but there's no reason that you can't uh just have a sling, you know, there's no reason you can't just have like two tin cans on a tether uh whirling around each other. Like you not walk from one to the other without like traveling along the string. it would be harder to balance and stuff uh but you could do that too uh does that does that make sense about the uh yeah uh, um I'm, I'm center their... acceleration i in in high school I did a project and physics class for this. this is like capstone. High school physics project, like oh, of view and make a make a big impressive project, right? Like some people did really stupid stuff. I think somebody did some circuits. Someone did a really complicated series of like buckets sitting on a table with pulleys, like holding themselves up. Uh, okay. I did a I did yeah. a really stupid project on like ring world type stuff. I just in like 5 minutes scribbled down like uh how big and how fast a circle needed to be and how fast I had to spin to uh simulate 9.8 meters per second acceleration due to gravity. I mean, I, it is acceleration. It is a 9.8, but it's not gravity. It it's just an acceleration. And I just scribbled this down on a piece of paper, like, grabbed a few uh, pictures from the internet, slapped it on there, and brought in, like, this section of plastic piping, like, of of rain gutter stuff. Like, it was slightly bent and everything. And, like, I I just brought this fucking foot-long piece of hose in and turned it in for a fucking final
0: project. Hey, as long as you pass, that's all that matters. I mean, I'm sorry, what were you it... asking? <laughs> I was going to ask you if it was actually feasible
1: to make a ring world. Uh, you know.
2: It's like uh, on the and size now... and stuff. Like, if you do the math for, like, Larry Niven's one the size of, like, the whole Earth orbit, like, no. There's no material in the universe strong enough to withstand the forces needed. Uh, but to make a smaller one, like in two thousand one Space Odyssey or something like that, to make like a, there's all types of names for so shit, like an O'Neill cylinder, uh, Stanford Taurus or something like that. To make a more reasonably sized one, yeah, there's no reason you couldn't make it out of like glass and steel, same stuff as always. Eh.
0: Okay, because I'm just I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of. You're you're putting this in space. You're
1: literally putting it in the size of the orbit of a planet. So you're looking at at least like like I don't even know if there is a conceptual measurement to make this ring world. Is there? Like, what's the measurement? Like, I need like quadrillion fuck tons
2: of iron. Uh, I have riddled it off a minute ago. It's uh, the mass of Jupiter. Yeah, like, right. I mean, that—that's all like hydrogen and stuff. You know, you—you you would need like massive. You would need like a Jupiter's worth of this exotic material, strong enough to uh, withstand on forces.
0: All right. yeah. Uh while I'm here talking about ring, roll,
2: and gravity and stuff and exotic material, ah, uh, there is theoretically like really dense material out there stuff found in neutron stars and stuff. Like, entire planets where the mass, like, smushed down to the head of a pin. Really? Yeah. Uh... That would be something really small with really high gravity. You know, you you could make something like King Kai's planet if you had something like that. We're gonna pull a
1: Dragon Ball Z. I
2: love it. Yeah, why the hell not? Uh...
0: Terry Pratchett,
2: before he wrote Discworld, he wrote a parody of Ringworld. uh, Which was a really clever parody. What was it called? It was called like uh, Strata or something, like archaeological strata. Uh, And that was kind of what they did. Instead of like spinning the thing for gravity they just uh made a huge disc out of neutronium and uh said well it's dense enough to have like earth gravity but it's just in a different shape uh there you go here's your uh flat planet with earth gravity you know dance around on it do whatever you want uh Yeah, I I mean, if you're going to make a megastructure habitat and get exotic material, you you might as well just have it be dense enough for artificial, for uh, gravity. You know, why bother spinning it if you're going to conjure up,
0: like, made-up materials? Because it's fun? Yeah.
2: And And then he recycled the idea a bit in, like, Discworld and stuff, which is also really good.
0: So, I would say for our closing statements, uh,
1: because this is obviously a courtroom and I had to make it sound like a courtroom, the, uh, 10 out of 10, What it like, what do you recommend here, Bert, for, uh, reading this Ringworld book? Because I might have to read it now.
2: Oh, uh, like i said you know it's science fiction like the the characters are like cardboard cutouts you know it's basically a, a tour of like the big fancy ring and stuff it's sort of like dante's inferno you know like dante isn't a super interesting character in there uh uh yeah it's all right it's a big famous work of science fiction like his, his short stories are probably more fun more better uh but if you like world building or literal world building or classic sci-fi yeah it's it's worth
0: taking a look at i think that's pretty much all we got on gravity and how that
1: doesn't fucking at all go with ring worlds now that i found that out that's
0: interesting who would have thunk it yeah, I mean, it's it's like how you cheat it. How I cheat it? Yeah, like, like how you, you bring your own gravity in deep space and stuff. Yeah. Well, regardless, I think that pretty much... I don't know if there are any
2: episode. weird... I should look into it more I'm not sure if I understand it. I've heard somewhere that there might be like weird problems about living on the inside of a spinning ring about like when you spin around, like if if you're standing and you turn around, there might be like weird torques or something on i I don't know. I'm not sure if that's true. I don't remember finding anything about it in high school physics, but uh. Yeah, we, we didn't talk too much about like Einstein, like relativity and stuff. I, I bitched about Euclid and Newton and how he basically flipped them on their head about how everyone was real nice and happy with their static, flat frame of reference for space-time. Uh, and that to go uh, stretching it
0: around was weird. Yeah.
2: And then you get into, like, twin paradoxes and like universal speed limit and stuff it, it's weird and like how connected is it to gravity and stuff blah 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 uh, we didn't talk about like black holes or dark stars or whatever I always like dark stars when they some dude in the 1800s talked about it, like oh well could you have a star big enough that like it attracts its own light I think maybe it wasn't the 1800s, maybe it was after Einstein, I don't know. But I always found that more conceptually easy to talk about than like the singularity, you know. You didn't talk about Star Trek and Warp Drive and stuff. Like, conceptually it works, yeah. You sit still and just move space around you, but like, could it ever actually be built? Probably not.
0: Well, I mean, Uh, Bert, remember, are you the same animal but a different beast? Yes. Yes. All right.
1: Well, on that note, buddy, I think we'll end it right there. I think we'll have to come out with another episode on uh, warp drives and dark stars yeah, maybe specifically on Einstein. That'd be kind of cool.
2: You know, I'm actually talking about gravity.
0: i was just curious on how gravity related to the ring world. I like the idea. So, regardless, my name is Nick. My name is Bert. 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 My name is Jeff. No. <laughs>